This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here this morning visiting with John Dunning, the owner of Trolley Stop Record Store at uh, 1212 North Penn. Thanks so much for taking some time today. Okay, I'm good to be here. I appreciate it. What I thought we would do is uh, hear a little bit about uh, as far as your life journey that led you to getting into the record store business, to kind of understand that history a little more. Well, I guess we'll just start off with what got me in the record business. I've always been in the antique business, which included records, did flea markets, and took records to them and oh about eight years ago you know the records were just getting popular I could see them selling more in the shop and at the flea markets and then uh, about seven years ago I got a call to go look at some books and so I went down to the inner city of Oklahoma City and uh, to look at these books which didn't turn out to be good but there was a few boxes of records I looked at and I said well I'll buy these and he said, I got more. And so he started bringing boxes out. And I said, look, i got to be somewhere in about a half hour. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll come back tomorrow. He said, well, before you go, let me take you out back. And we went into this old, old house in the back of this house. And it was so full of records you couldn't even walk in. And then he had ended up there were like five houses full of records plus outbuildings. So this was the next I discovered all the records. So... We made a deal, and I spent 30 days there from morning to dark moving records out. And uh, by the end, I was really getting wiped out. But the day after I was officially through, uh, three of the houses were bulldozed, and the rest were soon to follow. So anyway, during the time, you know, friends would come down to look at these buildings, houses full of records. It was very interesting. And one said, well, I've got this building. The guy's my location on class and where I've been for the last seven years. He said, well, why don't you just bring them over there? We'll have a big sale. This guy's going to rent it, but he don't want it for a month. And I thought, well, that, that'd be convenient. It was close hmm. to where the records were. So anyway, did that. And then all of a sudden he said, well, I found out that guy's a crook. I'm not going to rent it. So the building's for rent. And... Uh, I've got all these records in there, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I ought to rent it and have a record shop. Hmm. So I did, and that's where Trolley Stop Record Shop came from. And the name coming from the little park right out the front door used to be the Trolley Depot. So I just named it Trolley Stop Record Shop, and uh, we've been going since. So uh, anyway, I guess about last March... I was getting ready to do our annual record store day party, which included bands and food, and, and uh, it was, you know it always takes me weeks to get ready for because the shop is so full that you know that's always my cleanup time. But I was just getting depressed. It was just so overrun with records, which is good. But I, I just didn't feel like tackling and to you know do the cleanup. So I just started looking for a, a, a new location, bigger, and stumbled on the old Penn Theater at 12th and Penn, which was built uh, in 1940 and opened in 41. Hmm. And it had a run as a theater till 73, then later became a junk shop. But we got in here in last April and started building a stage and record bins and counter, sales counter and shelves and we used all antique wood, so everything here looks like it's always been here. Nobody believes we built anything. Oh, wow. 
So, anyway, that's kind of the history of Trolley Stop Record Shop. Well, I appreciate it. And if I understand correctly, do you also have some uh, some live performances that are coming up yes, as well? Yes, we, we did have... Uh, we, we had the Sunday Flyers, which was a great show, a band out of Norman, uh, guys my age and older, that really had some deep roots into the Oklahoma music scene and some national too. And uh, so we had that show. We've had a wedding here. We've had my 50th anniversary of my junior high reunion was here. And we've had some shows on Saturday. Uh, this coming October 7th, we've got... a. Uh, uh, Aaron Hale and the Human Beings and two other singer-songwriters on the bill. And the 8th of October, Sunday, uh, we're having Biff Rose, who did a lot of albums back in the 60s and 70s. And he, when he went to L.A. early on, he wrote comedy with George Carlin. And he wrote for Mort Saul, uh, who was, you know, a big comedian, uh, you know, political commentary type comedian back, oh, yeah. back in the 50s and 60s, and he had a lot of records. So, and then uh, Tiny Tim uh, used one of his Biff's songs for uh, his B-side of Tiptoe Through the Tulips, hmm. and David Bowie covered that and claimed Biff as a, you know, an influence. So he was, you know, admired by David Bowie, and anyway, he's just turned 80. He's doing like three or four shows across the country. And his fan is kind of a cult base. And uh, so someone from Oklahoma City was said, well, you're driving to California, stop in Oklahoma City and try to play a trolley stop record shop. So him and a young guy in his 30s are turned playing together. Hmm. And they called and we set up a show for the 7th. And people are actually interested you know i knew of him from the records i've had that i found of his but i had a lady call from midland texas yesterday hmm. and her and her friend are flying up to see the show oh wow so it, it's kind of cool i i think it's going to be a fun show i think it'll be interesting and I really love the way that you have the combination of, you know, the live performances as, as well as the record store all in one space. Right. Well, you know, people can listen to music live and shop records or just sit and, you know, uh, listen to the music. So anyway, it, it, it's a good combination. It works well. We, we have uh, the shelter people coming up in October, Ronnie J and the Hawks. Uh, I'm probably leaving somebody out. Um, um, Mike, I think Mike Wasson, he'll be here in November. Hope I remember the name right, but I believe that's it. He actually came out of a band, you know, 40 some odd years ago here in the city called Danville. And uh, they played at uh, our music venue, The Prairie Lady, which we can get into in a minute. Yeah. And, uh, they're, they were playing a show up on Northwestern back in this time frame. And, uh, uh, drive by, drove by, and shot one bullet through the front door, and it killed their drummer instantly. I'll be darned. And that kind of wow. ended them, but very creative, good, good music, you know, good uh, songwriter. And so, anyway, he'll be here from Texas. Looking forward to that. And, oh yeah. So, where do you want to go now? Oh sure, I was curious. I, if I understand correctly, you've been here in the Oklahoma City area a good number of years. Born I didn't here know. in '51. Oh I've wow. Been here the whole time. Uh, 
I was born at Wesley Hospital, which wasn't too far from Trolley Stop Records Shop there at 18th and Class. And, and uh, a building around the corner from the old record shop was where my mom and dad moved into right when I was born. Oh, wow. And I've got a picture of me in front of that building, my dad holding me. So I always thought it was kind of odd to start out there and then end up with the record shop right around the corner. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I've been here all my life. Uh, went to... Millwood Junior High, John Marshall High School, Nichols Hills Grade School, and uh, in the 70s, you know, I just became an antique dealer. That's what I always wanted to do. I collect Oklahoma history and have been since I was 10 years old, and uh, the stuff I collected was like political campaign memorabilia and um, postcards, photos, booklets, paper stuff, posters, you name it. And so I always collected that. So when I got out of high school, I thought, you know, all I want to do is collect Oklahoma history. I thought the best way would be an antique dealer. Oh, yeah. So that's what I did and, and, and still do to a degree, but I still collect Oklahoma history stuff. And I, uh, my political collection, which was 20,000 items spanning before statehood till you know, modern times, it, it's out at the History Center now, the Oklahoma History mm. Center. Oh, wow. And right now the Oklahoma City Library is uh, acquiring my Oklahoma City collection, which probably compromises about fifteen, twenty thousand 20,000 items in itself. And uh, so, you know, that's kind of how I got going. But then my music career, I guess, started in... You know, with the Beatles, 63, you know, I always listen to the radio with my parents, but, you know, 63 came, we had Ed Sullivan and the Beatles, and, you know, I just went from there, and in 64, December, uh, my mom took me, or dropped me off, she didn't go, but I went and saw the Dave Clark Five direct from England on the stage of the uh, Municipal Auditorium, which is now the Civic Center, and that just kind of hooked me on concerts and music, and got me going, and uh, then in 66, a big thing that happened to me, I was going to Quincy, Illinois with my grandfather for a reunion, and he let a friend of mine from school go with me, and we were, I believe, in eighth grade, possibly ninth, but one of those two, and, and so we had this, like, 14-hour layover in St. Louis, and, you know, well, you don't want to sit in a station, you know, bus, let's see, we were in a train station then, so... You know, we didn't want to just sit there. So I looked in the paper, and we found Peter Noon, Herman's Hermits, and the Blues Magoos with the Who. And uh, so he said, okay, here's money, get a cab, go. And we went, and not a big Herman's Hermits fan, but Blues Magoos were great. And and uh, the Who just blew me and my friend away, and we were instant fans and not so much Herman Hermits fans anymore. So this was in the fall or winter, and then in the spring, uh, the Who came to Wedgwood Amusement Park here hmm. in town, and we got to see him there, pretty famous performance up on the roof of the uh, bathhouse of the swimming pool, you know, but facing into the park, and uh, maybe right before that a little bit, Herman's Hermits was there, and they were on the roof too, but we saw a lot of great shows at Wedgwood, the Yardbirds, Ronnie and the Daytonas, uh, West Coast Pop Art Experimental Company, which were a real psychedelic band. Hmm. And uh, uh, there was others, too, but those are on the top of my head. And so, you know, I just 
was into concerts and went to concerts anytime I could. Yeah, and it seems like from people that I've talked to that that kind of music, you know, once the, uh, you know, what they call the British invasion, once that started, that that was really kind of a revel. I've heard several people say the first time they heard the Beatles, you know, as compared to the music that was that came before that was just a real, real, real sea change. It was a game changer. It really was. It was, you know, everybody credits their influence. Uh, they they were the ones, but there was a host of others contributed to from, from England and Dave Clark Five was one, you know, Spencer Davis Group, The Kinks, The Rolling Stones. It just goes on and on. And if I understand correctly, did they did the Myriad used to have uh, quite a bit, quite a few of the live oh, the oh, live concerts? Oh yeah, yeah. I saw uh, the Who there. Uh, I saw the Rolling Stones there, but that was in later years, you know, hmm. after the heyday of the Myriad, and it was kind of odd that a concert went back there, but. Uh, but there were, yeah, a lot of shows there. You know, I saw Led Zeppelin out at the fairgrounds. Janis Joplin I saw at the fairgrounds. Uh, Three Dog Night was at the uh, fairgrounds. I saw Seals and Crofts. They were here. They have a religion. I think it's called Baha'i or something. And hmm. It's based out of Evanston, Illinois. And uh, they had a big, know, like a convention or, or get-together or evangelic evangelism type deal and Seals and Cross played play free there so that, that was a good show and uh, you know there was a lot of good shows here over the years uh, saw one of the probably mo more interesting I, I saw was uh, Jefferson Airplane at the old Civic Center or Municipal Auditorium I'm not sure what name it had at that point probably still Municipal Auditorium but Grace said the F word on stage. And, I mean, immediately the cops stormed the stage, killed the power in the building, and the German shepherds were just going nuts. And it was really one of the scariest times of my life. It, it was just very scary. But uh, I guess Grace was fine and this and that. And her career rebounded. It didn't set it back any. Uh, another good show there was uh, Johnny Winter in... Uh, I was at John Marshall High School then. We went to lunch, and he was being interviewed on the air. And uh, we thought, well, heck, you know, we could go back to school or we could just ditch class and go over to WKY and see if we'd see Johnny Winter. Oh, boy. And he was about a mile away from the school, so, you know, it was a no-brainer. Let's go see Johnny Winter. <laughs> so we pulled up, and just as we were bailing out of the car, he was coming out of the building. And so we stopped and visited with him for about 10, 15 minutes. And he was just really nice and personable and friendly to us. And so we got to see him later on that night. And I was wondering, too, uh, as far as, I, and I don't know if I read this correctly or not, that you were involved in the, uh, the, the, the renovations at the zoo amphitheater some years back? Right. Oh, back in the 70s, I hooked up with a, fire, a group, Firewind, which was a band, which kind of became a communal type thing. But we put together a music venue, the Prairie Lady, over on 39th, about halfway between Main and Penn. And we did a lot of great concerts there. Uh, first one was Grand Opening Brewer and Shipley. And we had, uh, you know, Muddy Waters, uh, Lightning Hopkins, John Lee Hooker, Richie Havens, Emmy Lou Harris on her first tour, Sea Level which is Chuck Lavelle, who's been the keyboardist for Rolling Stones for 20 years. Hmm. 
uh, oh, we had you know Kenny Rink and uh, Hoyt Axton, Oklahoma's own. Oh yeah. Who, uh, his mama wrote Heartbreak Hotel and was cousins with David Warren, you know, our governor and president of OU, who's resigning at the end of October. So uh, we had a lot of great music there. Uh, near the end of that, we kind of discovered the amphitheater at the zoo, and it was all overgrown and not much there, just a little shell. So we went out there and rehabbed that, cleaned the grounds, did a ton of tree work, you mm. know, and built a stage. And we did shows there for a year, maybe a little longer, and then they decided that they couldn't have a commune you know, running that, so they ran, basically ran us off, and that was the end of that. And by the time that happened, the prairie lady had burned down mysteriously. So that just kind of ended all that phase. And mm. from there, I kind of went to flea markets and going to book shows and postcard shows coast to coast. And then uh, I told you how I started the record shop by accident. Oh, yeah. Not planning to, but I did. And and I'm glad I did. It's been a very fun adventure and a very successful one. And is there anything in particular that you enjoy about it or some of the some of the it, things? It's that... just fun looking for records and, you know, meeting the people and helping people, you know, regain what they lost in their youth. You know, they went to college, their mom threw their records away. Or That's one thing I hear a lot. I hear... Uh, I got divorced and the wife got the records, or we moved and moved and moved, and I don't know what happened to the records, or CD craze hit, I gave my records away, and I'm kicking myself now. So it's kind of fun, you know, helping people retain what they had of their youth, you know, and, you know, these people they see and find records. It's kind of like meeting old friends, you know, it's kind yeah. of like seeing old friends again. So. It's just a lot of fun. Just record people are fun people, and so it's just, it's a lot of fun. I love the hunt, and I, I love turning them on to people that are looking for them. And that's one thing I was going to ask, as far as if, if people have a, a specific record or records that they're looking for, uh, if I understand, is that is that something that you can help people with as far I, as being able I to find it? I do a that? lot, you know. If I don't have it, you know, a lot of times find it on the Internet. Some are so rare you don't even find them that way. But, uh, you know, I do what I can to help people, and I'll tell people, well, if I don't have it, you know, you might try another record shop in town, guest room, they sell a lot of newer records, you know. And my stuff is typically 1980s and older. Oh, so gotcha. So if they're wanting something from the 90s, well, it's called guest room, they don't have it. And a lot of the newer stuff that's released now at Barnes & Noble hmm. carries too. So and I tell them, if those two places don't have it, you're going to have to look on eBay or Amazon, hmm. you know. And uh, so, yeah, I try to, you know, if I don't have it, I still try to hook them up or take their name thinking, if I think i got a good shot of finding the near future, and I'll take their number and a lot of times call them tell them I got it. And that's got, that's got to feel fulfilling, I would think, you know, when someone's really searching oh, for something. That they... Yeah, I like to help people that way. It's not much different than helping them with antiques, you know, they're, looking for a certain thing and, and uh, you know I still fool with antiques my antique shop's closed Western Trail Trading Post it's, it's up on Northwest 90th and Western three blocks south of Britain Road but it uh, it, it uh, you're in the record store day you know well I, I had my 
a junior high friend of mine, Tom Kitchens, ran it for me. Well, about three, maybe four years ago now, he got sick and then he died. And I was just too involved with Trolley Stop to worry about reopening it, so it's just storage now. But occasionally I might do a flea market over in Tulsa at the fairgrounds. And, but mostly, you know, it's, it's records that you know, I'm focusing on. And I was curious, too, as far as with the, a lot of the concerts that you saw, I didn't know in terms of your, your, your collection, uh, as, as far as your antique collection or, or some of your memorabilia, I wasn't sure if, if there was any, if you have, have anything that people could see oh, in terms I've, of from I've your concert experiences. a lot of my, I saved all my tickets and concert posters, you know, growing up. I've, I've got up hanging up in the lobby my poster for Dave Clark 5 in 64, the first show I went to. I've got my Janis Joplin poster when she was at the fairgrounds in Oklahoma City is hanging here. And my ticket and poster for Jimi Hendrix at the Norman Fieldhouse, which turned out to be a pretty famous concert, you know, legendary. And uh, back when I went to that show, there, there was a long-haired guy sitting out in the audience probably 30, 40 feet from stage, and he had a, a stack of recording equipment, and he recorded the concert. You know, nobody said nothing to him. You know, he was just there. You know, well, today, you know, they would run your ass out of there. And, uh, but anyway, years later, that, that concert uh, turned up on, on CD and tape. Oh, wow. And I've got a copy of that. It's not great quality, but it's sure fun to listen to. And uh, I remember during the show, you know, well, we, we got tickets to, there was an early show and a late show, so we went to both shows, but... Uh, I, I took some bottle rockets with me, and went, knowing he would do Star Spangled Banner like at Woodstock. So when it got to the rockets' red glare, I I lit those uh, a, a pop bottle rocket off in the building. Both shows, I didn't get caught. Nobody apprehended me, but uh, that's great. It was just a memory I have of that. It was kind of fun. And I've, that's the one thing I was going to ask you in terms of, uh, uh, you know, just the memories of this. It seems like every time, I feel like every time I walk in here, I'm just, I'm going back in time. It's, yeah, that, that's what everybody says hmm. that comes in, you know. And, and the old store was like that and the new store is too. And it's kind of like going back in time to a record shop and it's, uh, it's very different. Hello. And we're going to take a, just a quick break here, and then we'll be back with John here in just a few moments.